Welcome back, everyone. You're watching We Heart Therapy, the special series EFT Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Annabelle Bugatti, licensed marriage and family therapist and certified EFT supervisor and therapist here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And we have two extremely exciting guests today. All the way from Belgium, we have Levin Migrod. <laughs> I probably butchered that, but <laughs> he's a clinical psychologist and an LMFT in Belgium, and he's an EFT trainer and runs the EFT Center in Belgium. And his counterpart is Jeff Slutmakers. He's a clinical social worker in Europe, and he's also in Belgium, and they do work around domestic violence, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. They published some articles, which we'll have them talk about. Um, but just to get the ball rolling, guys, can you help give us maybe a, a quick definition of inner partner violence versus domestic violence? How do they differ? It uh, seems like you, you, you want to talk about the different forms of violence. Um, is that correct, Annabelle? Yeah, just kind of so people have a basic understanding of what we mean when we, uh, when we use those definitions. Yeah, well, um, I think for us it's important. There are, of course, in, in the field, we, we do acknowledge different forms of, viol of violence. Yeah? And uh, I think that's important uh, when we when we talk about um, the the uh, the use of EFT with intimate partner violence. We need to differentiate some some kind of forms of violence because um, let's say that basically there are there are two two forms, and the one we call is the intimate terrorism. That's a form that is um, yeah I think uh, Johnson. Um, described that Michael Johnson described that typology like there are basically two two forms of violence. One we know is intimate terrorism, and the other is situational couple violence. And I think that difference is is of uh, of huge importance when we talk uh, when we when we want to talk about EFT and working with domestic violence. And because what would yeah. sorry. What would be the difference between the situational violence and the inner, I like how you guys use the word inner partner terrorism, which is not a yeah, word that we use in the US. We just call it inner partner violence versus domestic violence. Okay. Um, but I love these, these differences. Well, Johnson made this, that uh, distinction, I think the first time in uh, 1995, where he said like uh, researchers are um, looking in two kinds of forms of violence and intimate terrorism, that's how he called it the first time, is the, the kind of form where violence is used to control and to, and to, yeah, to control the, the other partner. And, and the main underlying idea is I just, want to be your boss i just want to be i just want to be in control i want you to do this i want you to do that right and um i think that's, just, that's the main sounds idea like it's more when a situation yeah, like, a, like a partner might um isolate the other partner away from others or in extreme cases maybe keep them captive um, but I, I like how you're saying it's 
it's with an intention to control the other person, like to be their boss. That's a great definition versus situational violence is a different thing. That's the situational uh, couple of violence is the most, say that, uh, most prominent and most prominent one that we are seeing in reality in most and in yeah. research between couples. So that's why it's called situational couple violence. It emanates from an escalating conflict or escalation between the couple. And right. So maybe which make it made suitable for for couple therapy. Ah, uh, okay. So situational couple violence escalates is like where maybe an argument or the behavior escalates to violence that's just per the situation, but not with the intention to control or isolate or dominate the other person. No. And you said that's the more common type of violence that we might come across in couples therapy. Yeah. Especially in a couple of therapists will, will probably mostly see only that second one because couples seeking therapy for that couple they seek to reconnect and so already they they show us that it's not about control it's about connection yeah i love that so That's there's violence there so we say shows <laughs> so but it's it's not so funny or it's funny it should, the, the research shows that every couple therapist, without knowing, sees a lot of couples with violence. They come for the relationship. Yeah. yeah. And there used to be, and, and it still kind of comes around where um, therapists will say, but wait, aren't we not supposed to do therapy if there's violence in the relationship? But, you know, if, if we can't, treat the violence and confront it in therapy, how else can we correct it, right? So can you talk about maybe some of the boundaries around treating violence in, in therapy? Yeah. Well, one, one other thing is there is in EFT, of course, the contraindication in working with violence. I think we need to distinguish, as Sue Johnson said, that there is a difference between violence and abuse. And it's the same distinction Johnson made. I think there is some, uh, it's a bit the same. Like when Johnson talks about abuse, she, she talked about- Sue. Sue, yes. When <laughs> Sue, Sue talked about abuse, I think she referred to the, the violence that, that comes from that more, I want to control, I want to, but there's also the other violence that, that just comes out the underlying negative interaction cycle and what we believe is that that uh, form of violence is it can be understood from an attachment point of view and yeah. so when we know when we recognize the negative interaction cycle between couples and we see that there there is that dynamic that we all know in EFT I don't think there there are so many boundaries anymore mm -hmm. I think we can just do the same as that we're used to do in EFT yeah, I think a lot of therapists really um, maybe misunderstand or misuse the word abuse and they take anything that's hurtful, that's intentionally hurtful even towards another partner as abuse, you know, like, oh, that's verbal abuse, you know, that's physical abuse. 
And, you know, there's, I love how you distinguish the difference between abuse and violence, which is very important. And, um, you know, a lot of therapists might, especially non-EFT therapists would be tempted to break up the couple and say, oh, you need anger management and we need to get that under control before you can come to therapy and work with couples. But in EFT, we're sort of breaking ground with this and we're saying, no, we can do some work. It's probably going to be more stage one until we can create more safety. We're probably not going to ask them to be vulnerable or get really vulnerable if we can't create physical safety. But you're saying violence is sort of like on that extreme end of escalation. And so how do we really dig in and, and find out what's driving i think a lot of people are afraid to call out the violence like yes. it in the cycle and put it right in front so how do we start to approach that in session well to approach that in session we need to have a clear understanding of how we can see that the violence is related to attachment and that's where where we that's what we wrote in the first article uh, I think we, we, we've recognized that when we try to see and try to understand violence within the negative interaction cycle, we see that people, depending on their position in the cycle, they use, they use different forms of violence. Mm -hmm. And that can be understood as, from one part, proximity-seeking violence. That's one that Bowlby described it also. Mm -hmm. It's the violence we also see with little, with little, with little children. When from they, children to parents. Yeah, from children to parents. <laughs> yeah. I need you. Yeah, I need you. Yeah, I need your attention. Where are you? Where are you? I need you. Are yeah. you with me? I can't feel that you're responding and that you're engaged, and I'm quite in a panic. So I'll do whatever it takes to have your attention. That's what we see as the proximity seeking violence or keep you from leaving if the withdrawer is trying yeah that's it that's that. it. they'll block doorways they'll block exits they'll flap and unfortunately i think at least american society has been has reinforced women hitting men but then it's like a double standard men can't respond but women can get in their face and slap them you know slug them with their purse you know which is not a good thing you know hands off should be hands off right but then there's another there's also you know so you, i love how you talked about the the closeness seeking violence but then there's also distance seeking right or maybe the pursuer just will not go away and the withdrawer has tried with words tried to leave and maybe they have to get physical, they feel like they have to get physical to get their partner to back off and leave them alone, am I? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. We, 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 we would probably not say they feel like, because then that, that would kind of assume they still are in control. But yeah. it's mostly in an episode that you try not to react, not to be to respond to with all your anger, to say stop, please stop, please stop. And at a certain moment, the panic and the overwhelming gets so big that, that an explosion uh, mm -hmm. goes to the other one saying, leave me alone, I'm drowning, mm -hmm. you know, I'm dying here from this uh, mm -hmm. 
trying to survive this situation. But it, mm. so it's trying to create some space. These, these persons, women and men, often say we suffocate, we uh, don't have air, we, we got completely overwhelmed, and the light went out. I, I was for hours, I tried to be calm, and then suddenly I lost it. So it's, it's the unintentionality is important there. Mm. Yeah. In both it is in, in, to to have some acceptance we need to understand that we all can lose it yeah? Yeah. in yeah. the proximity it's seeking or in the distance seeking at a certain moment we lose it and then it happens yeah yeah, yeah. so you're saying a good thorough assessment to get at the attachment intentions, to find out how the violence is connected to the attachment intentions is very crucial to the process. Yeah, that's, that's very crucial. Today we did a training in the Netherlands and at the beginning there was this man who said, yeah, but sometimes I get really, really scared. I, I now, right now I think back of uh, a couple and all of a sudden the man of the couple said, you know what, I'm, I'm just at that point that I'm going to hit her very hard and I will hurt my children as well. The man said that. Where the therapist said, Jesus, that was so over, 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 overwhelming. Like it felt so cold, it felt so, so, so hard. And, I, and, and he, get, he, he was really in, in a worry what do I need to do now? This is dangerous. But when we slow down and we look like, hey, what is the dynamic in the couple? We find out that the man was only trying to say, I'm so overwhelmed by how it goes with me and my partner. It's so hard. It's so rough. The negative interaction cycle is so heavy and I get really overwhelmed and I'm trying to stop and I'm trying to say, stop don't do that don't do that this is really hurt this, this this hurts me stop stop he tries to leave she won't allow him to leave because of course from her position she's scared that he might run run away and never come back so that's the proximity seeking violence and when he said to the therapist there will be a moment where i will just lose it hurt you and maybe also the kids I think he was not that cold. I think he tried to say something. I'm really scared of what is happening between us. And I think there will be a moment I will snap. And maybe he just want to tell us, I'm really scared that that might happen in our relationship because overall, this relationship is really, really important. Yeah. That's a beautiful example. And, and what sort of comes to my mind is almost like a call for help. Like, I really don't want to go to that place. I really love my family. I'm scared of this thing happening because I love my family so much. But that is what we try to teach today. If we go from the attachment frame, then you say, are you really telling me you're scared, you will hurt your family, and you're asking for help because you don't want this to happen? And then... If we say that, then people say, yes, yes, I'm so scared it will happen. I don't want it to happen. But I feel the pressure rising. Say, oh, wow, oh, that's brave of you to, uh, to speak of that, that you're in this terrible place. Can we please help you? And can we work together on slowing this down and 
helping both of you and your relationship to be safer. Do you want us to help you? And then people say yes. And so that's in our approach, the we we think that getting taking responsibility is something that we can work towards during therapy. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it starts very early in therapy when couples come, when we ask them, what is your hope for therapy? And then people tell us, we want us these terrible escalations to stop, but we don't know how. Mm -hmm. So that's already taking part of responsibility. And then we can deepen that during working the EFT way by accepting them in their attachment needs and slowing yeah. the cycle down reflecting the process validate the hell out of them yeah that we do. So i really yes yeah. <laughs> said today it's eft in square yeah so you validate the four by four instead of four times and you reflect yeah. four by four and you slow down four by four and you repeat sue says you repeat everything seven times well in these cases you repeat everything 25 times you yes know, wow. <laughs> yeah. to, to get across slowly slowly i guess right. which is important because i've had couples come in that are both of them are aware that their fights escalate to this place maybe they have a baby on the way yeah. you know but they want to stop the violence even though maybe the mom is is you know anxious pursuer and tries to break through walls you know emotional walls and both of them know it but they say in the moment it goes so fast and it's so overwhelming that we don't know how to stop it all right yeah that would be beautiful to that's, start with it's that's beautiful. as eft therapists we would love that we would reflect their, what they say so you're scared this will escalate and especially with the baby on the way you want to build a safe home for your child you're afraid it will not succeed and you're asking for help you come to the right place my friends we will try to help you you guys are really really welcome with your love and your hope to continue this relationship and to create this safe family because that's what people desire that's what they want and if you know that both partners want to keep the relationship and they accept help and they seek out help to keep the relationship safe I think that's a huge mark point to decide this is situational couple violence and related to attachment so we can work with it yeah. so in that way we think of assessment and the differentiation between which form of violence is appropriate for EFT we, we love to do that assessment as an ongoing process right people right. People come in and only when they feel safe, accepted, not judged by the therapist, when they feel the therapist wants to connect with them. And their love relationship. And their love relationship. Yeah. People, people will, will open up and start telling about the violence. But what happens if they have, when they don't feel that? They, yeah. just, they just protect themselves. They withdraw. They don't show all their doubts and, and their fears and their vulnerabilities. And so they won't, they won't talk in an open way about the violence. And when we, we ask them then, yeah, but is there any violence? People say, oh, no, no, no. 
It's not yeah. that they want to take responsibility. They're so scared to be judged. That's right. It's hard to talk about that. It's not, for most people, they'll openly admit it's not their proud moment. And so having that judgment, they're really scared to talk about it. And so, you know, when you see them in session, they're kind of protective. They, I love how you say if they feel that the therapist is judging them, yeah. you know, then they're not going to talk about it. And it's hard to intervene when you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle together. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And I think it's so important, you know, when I've had violence come across in my couples, I just, I really love how you guys synthesize this through, you know, with attachment, with the distance or the, the closeness seeking. I find that most of the time it's, I mean, it's not always, but most of the time, like, you know, as the withdrawers true to form will build a wall to, to feel protected that it gets so overwhelming for the pursuer who's so desperate to break down that wall and they maybe they've tried, they'll describe, I've tried every which way to nicely break down the wall, get through the wall that's between me and my partner. And at the end of the day, if I have to get out a sledgehammer to break the wall, I'll do this. All metaphorical, of course. <laughs> They're not really using sledgehammers, you know, but like they don't know any other way it's it's like a total act of desperation and i've also found with my withdrawers also sort of a similar desperation um to be able to go away to to let their partner let them withdraw and you know with pursuers blocking the way or also having a lot of anger unprocessed anger from childhood parental issues addicted parents angry parents and that was the way that they learned and they don't know they, they have some shame about it but they also don't know what to do so they try to withdraw to avoid that side of them from coming out it's a really tough dynamic that's, that's a tough thing and so what we often say to couples hey guys whoa can i slow you down because you say so many important things the same here Mabel. you say so many important things right and because you you link the behavior and the violence to all the old traumas and 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 all the old pains and, and of course that's that's really important but what we found out in in our work is we with with these kind of couples we need to go really extra extra slow right? mm. the first important thing is creating creating some coherence of the world between the couple and the world inside both partners related to everything what is happening right now yeah. because it's too soon to, to go to go in all that emotions and to go deep to the old traumas and because it's not safe between them so what we do in in, in the work with the violent couples is going so slow and staying in the present moment when, when people talk about uh, heavy incidents or fights, we're really, really assembling what is happening inside and, and creating a coherence in the cycle. So people ha can start having an idea, oh, this is happening. And often it's for the first time that they are able to see, oh yeah, so it's when you go away, then I, I get all this agitation but now 
when we slow it down, I feel that I'm really afraid losing you. Often that's the first time people are able to, to combine all those pieces. And that's what we do over and over and over again. We try to create safety in the sessions to do that kind of work we all know. And my secret is when we have a beautiful session and we were able to do all that kind of work we all love, we, we, we say to the people, wow, what a beautiful thing we did here today. And you know what? We do the step five of the tango. We wrap it up and we tie a bow and, and, and again and again. And then at the end we say, wow, and now you guys will leave my office and then you go home and we see each other in two weeks. You know what? Maybe it will happen again. Maybe there will some new incidents and maybe not, but beware. It might happen. And if that happens, you guys are welcome. Then we do the same work we just did today where, where you realize that when he turns away, you get really scared and see like repeating, repeating, and creating that coherence. Right. So their nervous system can really start to impact, take that in, especially because when it gets to that level, it goes so fast. So they really need that slow. And, and I, I started telling my supervisees, you know, the why we work so deeply on that emotional level is because it's not their cognition that needs the revision. It's their nervous system that needs the revision, but you have to get them in. And when there's lots of anger, lots of whatever it is there, you have to get them in that place so that their nervous system can revise itself. Yes, and they together feel that somebody is with them. Yes. The, nobody understands them. Most people will say from family and friends, please leave him, her. Yeah, your relationship mm -hmm. is destructive because most of the violence, the approximately the half of the violence couples is bi-directional. So it's not clear who, who hits first and who hits last. And, and so it's in both directions, violence. It's, proximity and distance seeking combined yeah. and people feel alone and ashamed as you said and so to have us to have a place where they are recognized and understood calms their nervous system down brings mm -hmm. their capabilities on board and then making these coherent stories gives them some agency back yeah. in their life that's why also in therapy, we will a lot, a lot uh, predict what we will do. We'll explain what we will do before we do it. I will ask you a question and I might stay here a little bit with you. Is that okay? And then I will ask you, is that okay? So, can, so create prediction and predictability so that they can feel our way at the steering wheel. Because, as you said, it goes so fast, yeah. they mostly have the feeling it is happens to us. Not we are doing this, it's it happening to us. Yeah? And getting in charge again is such a beautiful work to do. Yeah. Now let me throw a little curveball at you. <laughs> what about self-directed violence, as in... I've had clients come in where when things get really overwhelming, they will start hitting themselves. 
they will take sharp objects and, and pretend to use it and then, you know, use it against their partner. You're making me do this, you know, which is another form of violence, but it's not me going after you, my partner, but me going after myself, but making sure you see that. So that's a curveball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we don't have baseball here, so we don't yeah. understand really what a curveball is. But, yeah. but yeah, well, in the it resembles the first idea I, I get. With, it's not in our practice so much, but the first idea I get is that uh, it's like these ten percent of couples where there's no violence, where both parties agree that partner A is the problem. So, for instance, the man says, you're the problem, and the wife says, yes, I am the problem. I'm not normal. Yeah. And then it seems as if they, they agree in the disagreement, in, in that they agree in who is the problem. And it's, it's kind of working through that to get to see the cycle in, in that. And, and the attachment meaning. And the what, attachment what, meaning. what I'm thinking of, it refers to the thing you, you, you asked is self-harm. And <laughs> this lady, we, we watched her day to day with the group. And in the escalation, uh, sometimes he get really violent, distance-seeking violence. But often she tries, she, she does su su suicide attempts. And she also hurts herself. And I think, I don't think she wants to kill herself. I think she wants to call him, call him. And I think she fantasizes about the, uh, the idea. How, how, how would you react on my funeral? If, yeah. if I was there at my own funeral, I, I would see you crying. And then mm -hmm. I, I would feel that you love me because that's, that's what I need. Mm. I think with other cases where people really harm themselves, it, it, it can have different meanings, but one of the things can, can also be like, I'm really in a conflict. I'm in pain and I need your comfort, but I'm also scared. So the ambivalence of attachment, I think that's, that may be key in understanding that. Mm -hmm. It's like... I cannot reach out and tell you that I'm in pain, but at the same time I'm needed and it's so overwhelming. And so I dislocate my own pain or I, I, I need to do something. And so with, it depends on, on person to person and, and situation. And, to situation. And, yeah, that's what I mean. We just need to keep on believing that attachment will lead us to some a coherent story that, that fits within that relationship uh, and also with that person. Right, so I love what you're saying is kind of assess around that, what is the meaning? Uh, is it directed to invoke comfort from the partner, you know, without feeling secure to be able to get the comfort? Or, you know, like what's the purpose of the violence? Is it to get distance or to seek contact? and then put that in the cycle. And I, I love how you describe the word dislocate their pain, which is so true because neurologically, we know the brain cannot experience pain in two places at once. 
And a lot of people will kind of divert their pain to something more tolerable if what's on the inside is too overwhelming and painful. It's the, the, we all know the, the beautiful atronic still face mm -hmm. little movie that we use. And there is one scene that's, that's not often point, pointed towards. In the middle is when the murder turns away, the baby does this. And it starts to bite his knuckles. Yes. Yeah. So the viewers can look at it again in the atronic movie. One of the things that the baby does when contact is lost is start to hurt herself. Yeah. So it's already there. She's 11 months old. You know, she she's disturbed in the, in the attachment, and then she does. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's kind of again to validate it it's humanly it's something we do we create pain in another place not to feel the pain and i really love what you're saying leaving is that instead of immediately get a clear grip on oh that means this more important is when people tell us and they're dealing with this this really inner inner dramas and and their and and just they need to feel welcome. And if they feel welcome and validated and supported and safe, then we can start having exploring. Exploring. And then we can start doing therapy. Like <coughs> what is going on? Just just let's let's find out together. And you're not crazy. You're just you're just in pain and you're struggling with your relationships and with yourself and it's really hard and then a lot of ugly things happen. Yeah, but hey, wow. Welcome. Welcome. Let's yeah. find it out together. Yeah. And then reflect on it and whatever comes up, validate and just <coughs> trust attachment. It will it will it will show always some 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 it will show us to coherent and coherence and 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 yeah. together we will, we will find out what is going on and and i think that often that's that's a good thing to uh, that's a good way to work we don't always need to know how exactly we can understand everything mm -hmm. yeah, just trust the process and my experience also with with the violence and often awful situations like all those things together and many forms of violence and then then there is also the addiction and adultery uh, it's all a big mess but yeah trust the model trust it starts acceptance and empathy first i love how you say you know that you're welcome here this this is a place of healing and I'm not going to judge you for the wounds that need to be healed or the behaviors that you're not so proud of, but we're going to be able to have a place for you here. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And without empathy, without relentless empathy, right? It's, it will be hard to really build that alliance to help build that safety where they can open up and talk about these things that need, you know, and if they can't get help in therapy, where else are they going to get help? Right? Yeah, so that's it. And in this, this sense, this is a choice that we psychotherapists can take. Yeah. We say, this is our, our job in the universe, in the world, is to be those persons who 
try to accept you in your humanity, which forms it may, might take. Because otherwise, in other places, there and those services are also necessary. They judge, and they they are necessary. They they are called judges. Yeah? <laughs> That's why they judge. You know, judges yeah. are police. <laughs> but we therapists, we don't need to judge. There are other people who can do that. You know. That's right. The pain speaks for itself, right? It doesn't need our judgment because the fact that they're coming in in pain says something needs to change and they need our help. That's it. So I, I like the way you, you said they're not so proud of. We will steal that. Yeah. We stop. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look for English words for to say we're <laughs> proud of. And, we, uh, we had the against better your own better judgment or you don't want to do yeah. it but you're not yeah. so proud it's also nice yeah, it's to say nice one nice yeah. one to say so we steal it thank you annabelle yes. you're welcome you're welcome and i find an enormous amount of shame for people who say i'm not a violent person but i lost it a couple times and they know i'm capable of losing it and when i lose it i go to this really awful place and i don't like myself right these are the moments they're not proud of, right? Okay. And it's hard. They need that empathy and that acceptance from us to be able to open up and allow us to shine the light and do some work there. In, in, the, in the distance seeking violence, we meet a lot of people who have children of violent parents yes. and decided very young, I will not be like that. And then end up being like that and so being so ashamed to fail in your life plan i didn't want to do that That's from a, a young time on i decided i will be different but that in that difference you block you don't work with your emotions you control and that just creates a burst so yeah shame even deeper if you understand that with certain people transgenerationally they just really didn't want to become this person really not that's right and that's normally what they say is i swore i would never be like my parents and here i am just like them yes we all do in a way in, yeah. in a way we end up having <laughs> yeah. to accept, accept that but if our parents are not so didn't have violent behavior then it's easier yeah, yeah. Like my this, is, this is beautiful you guys so to summarize you know what I hear you saying is first of all we have to start with acceptance and relentless empathy for couples that have violence and to really give them that warmth and a safe environment free of judgment to know that there's a place here for them that we can work on these hard issues that need to be changed that that the violence is symptomatic of pain it's that emotional eruption and we know through attachment, we follow the trail of the emotion to the attachment meaning. And really, I love how you said, make sense of is, is the role of the violence, is it proximity seeking, closeness seeking, or is it distance seeking? And for the therapist to also not be afraid to put it in the cycle, to talk openly about it. Don't sweep it into the closet with the, the scary things we don't want to talk about because then we will never be able to help this heal. And they need healing. They need healing and they need a place free of judgment. And you guys really just did a, a beautiful job of, of talking about the warmth and the acceptance that's necessary around this where I find so many people are
treatment, uh, non-EFT therapists especially, where they may, exactly as you said, leave that partner, they're violent, you know, and they, they may come, I have those people come to me, they say, my last therapist said I should leave my spouse, but I don't want to leave them, you know, but we want this violence to change, you know, so we can work with it. And, you know, we may do more, we'll be limited to stage one until we can break the violence and help them be more vulnerable, but there will still be elements of vulnerability around working with the violence even admitting to violence is a very vulnerable thing so yeah i think uh, going through stage one with violent couples it really takes some time yeah yeah it's sometimes we have those successes and then we fall back and this is a process Mm -hmm. that goes like 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 that yes yeah two steps forward two steps back three steps (laughs) so De-escalation can be hard, but I've experienced one good thing. If people feel accepted, often after one or two or three sessions, the violence stops. People come in and they come in and say like, it's every two weeks or every week we have this horrible fight, we're overwhelmed, we don't know what's happening, maybe we need to divorce, but we don't want to divorce, we cannot divorce. Please help us. We are really hoping that this can stop. And then just by the acceptance and welcoming the people and trying to create step by step the coherence. And when people know there is this safe haven to go to where we can explore our our relationship and our inner worlds, just having that place creates so much hope that that really helps stopping the violent escalations that doesn't mean that the negative the underlying negative interaction cycle stops but it it often doesn't escalate anymore that often and and during uh, the work of stage one of course we have some um, moments where again there is a new escalation and so we predict that escalation and often that's that afterwards that but then we recognize, oh, that new escalation was a breakthrough. There was still a part of the emotions that we didn't really understood and we did not have coherence in the whole inner world and the world in between. And now by reflecting on the new incident, we found that missing piece. So that's, that's how, 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 how it goes. But it's hard work. It takes a long time. But when we do it, the violence stops quite often. Yeah. often quite sure. I love how you said that the escalation with these kinds of couples will take longer. This isn't one of those 10 to 12 session couples. <laughs> you know, so don't, don't put the pressure on, you know, just the process is slow and it's good. But again, you know, you, I love that you stress the importance of that acceptance and relentless empathy you know if we don't have that relentless empathy then we won't have acceptance and really having that acceptance that no judgment that relentless empathy is the path to healing yeah Yeah. and you know and sometimes it's also really really hard for the therapist i don't really you need to help me mute that oh my god sometimes the english is hard for Dutch. You're okay. You guys are doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's also being kind to yourself. Yeah. We need kindness for ourselves and we need to accept that sometimes it's after a long day work, it can be too much. Yeah. And we're not capable to have that relentless empathy anymore. We give them too much and then today it will not be possible for us. And we also have to be kind to ourselves. It's we're not gods and with yes. of empathy that are never empty. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Sometimes mm -hmm. we have trouble in our lives. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we got five of these difficult couples in a day. And then and then the fifth one is too much. You know? yeah. Your, yeah. your system cannot stand it anymore. Yeah. And and mm -hmm. also sometimes a couple comes in and they just had a horrible, extreme fight in the car uh, coming to us. Yeah, and then, it, then, then they are so reactive, so reactive. And then we can do with all our empathy and all our reflections and validations, we can do whatever we want. They just don't calm down. They're so overwhelmed. Then we need to also be kind to ourselves. And my solution for those moments was I decide in the moment, in the session, Today I have a session that is that isn't a session. Yeah. Today I'm just going to sort of survive this. Yeah. It's a today, not uh, probably, It's also in Flemish I say, a vandaag niet sessie. A today not session. <laughs> a today not session. Yeah. yeah. But also to 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 keep the pressure low for myself. Sometimes it just and then then you can reflect on that with a couple like oh today was really hard. You guys shouted so, like most of the time, you guys were shouting, and I tried to help, and I tried to slow down, and it didn't, it didn't work out today. But you know what? Come back next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll just try again because we know it's possible to create a safe place here. Yeah, so that's so beautiful. That reminder to be kind to ourselves, to have empathy for ourselves, and not push ourselves ahead of where we are either, right? We may have had a hard day, a hard session, whatever, you know, and it's okay. It's okay. That's you beautiful. Can't be, perfect, can't be perfect therapist every session, every day. So. Boy, you are so right about that. <laughs> Sometimes it is hard. And EFT takes a lot of energy to do well because you have to be present, you know, and, right. and, working a lot to understand what's in front of you and it's it takes energy you know it takes energy and seeing couples can take double energy <laughs> and seeing escalated couples can take even more so just you know be kind to yourself as you go through this process Lovely. Now, you guys wrote an article about domestic violence and relationships i believe it was in the family process can you guys talk about where that article is Yes, the, the, we can probably show it. Yeah, let's try that. So, yeah. If we share this, and it's, yeah. Ah. Can you see that? Yes, perfect. Okay. And we so, will make sure to put the information for this in the description for the video as well. So. It was in the Journal of Couple and Relationship Therapy. The article is called Fighting for Connection, Patterns of Intimate Partner Violence. And also in Family Process, EFT and Intimate Partner Violence, A Roadmap to De-Escalating Violent Patterns. 
Perfect. Thank you guys. We got that. So guys, make sure that if you want to read their article that you look up those articles. Again, I'll put the description in the video. Now, do you guys have websites? Where can folks find you if they want to talk to you more about this? The easiest way is to email to the emails on the bottom of the article. Okay. Uh, that is the easiest way, I think. Yeah, that's the easiest way. Um, maybe it's hard to spell here because people won't understand. We will, we will send you an email, Annabelle. Maybe you can yeah. uh, put it underneath this little movie. Well, Is you, that possible? You have our email. Yes, you can, you can send it to me and I will make sure to put it in the description for the video. Although we do have, it's now a podcast as well. So people who are just listening on audio only, would it be like Levin's email address or Jeff, or is there an email for the Belgium Center for EFT? Yeah, the, that also did it, it's it, Yeah, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. It's just Jeff at EFT and then a streepje. I don't know the word in English. Trema. A trema Belgium uh, dot org. Okay. Okay, perfect. It? Yes. I will forward everything to leaving. Yeah. Perfect. We will put Jeff, all of that. Just one F. Yeah, one F. That, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, J E F. And then is there is there an email address for EFT Belgium? Is it like EFTBelgium.com or? It's e EFT, then this little horizontal line in the middle i don't know how you call it a dash dash ah. e e f t dash belgium dot org okay or is it is it the low dash or is it the mid mid dash mid dash okay and, and it's just a dash the bottom one is an underscore the middle one yeah. is a dash. so eft dash belgium yeah info at eft-belgium.org .org, okay. So, and then the website would just be eft-belgium.org. Yes. Perfect. Right. And, and look, you guys, uh, yeah, you, they can go to your website and, and contact you guys through the webpage. Yeah. And of course, we will be in New York doing a, a two-day workshop in February. February. So, you have to contact the New York Center of EFT for Perfect. So you'll be in New York in February doing doing a training on uh, domestic violence then. Two-day training. Yes. Sweet. Okay. We will make sure that we put that information down as well. Thank you guys so much for being on the show and talking about this really important topic. Thank you, Annabelle, for having us. It was a nice conversation and sorry for the time co confusion. We you're fine. You're fine. And thank you to all of our viewers. Make sure that you hit subscribe because more videos are on the way.